Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Shearer, and welcome to the show. I'm kind of laughing to myself because this is about the fifth time I've done this podcast. The subject's a little touchy for me. Uh, it's a little woo-woo, but you're not listening unless you read the title and wanted to discover it anyways. And then about two hours ago, I realized why. Uh, my girlfriend and her daughter stopped in. And we've spent two hours sort of talking about all this stuff and I realized I needed some clarity in my own mind and that's why I've been struggling on how to get this message out and why when I first did this podcast on Monday or Tuesday, I was editing it to death and I don't do that. I tend to just get on my podcast, talk to all of you for 30 minutes and uh, I'm done. Not a big editing person unless I've had a guest on the show. So it's funny, sometimes we just have to be patient and let things just work out the way they need to be. Now, this is something interesting for me because my girlfriend was like, okay, we've taken your whole afternoon. I'm thinking to myself, I could say yes, everything I had downstairs is not getting done. Or I could say no, I am being, which is what I'm supposed to be doing, just being. And that was a really great feeling, just had a really great visit. And uh, you know what? The work will get done. So let me tell you what's been going on. I think I had a bit of a vent about some family drama that happened a few weeks ago and it's always around money with my family, unfortunately. And I think part of the problem was I was getting into too much detail. You all do not need to know the details of my family drama. Just know it's there. But because it's around money, it triggered something in me that I've been struggling with that I didn't realize was related. And that was I had been on a mastermind call uh, two weeks ago and Dr. Bradley Nelson was one of the guest speakers. Now, if you don't know who Dr. Bradley Nelson is, he wrote The Emotion Code and he does the body, Emotion Code or The Body Code? No, The Emotion Code is the book, but he does The Body Code, The Emotion Code and Heart Walls are kind of his speciality. He actually is a Christian. He believes in God, but he also still believes in this, in energetic healing. And I've really come to that in my life. I I was raised, as you know, if you're a regular listener, to a, uh, excuse me, a very strict Christian upbringing, very black and white, uh, and not a lot of room for free thinking. And that's just not who I am as a person. I have spent most of my life trying to be, of my, my younger life until I hit adulthood, trying to be the perfect daughter. I am a daddy's girl, and my mom and I have never gotten along. My sister was born when I was four years of age and I've hated her pretty much since the second she walked on the planet. These things I'm telling you because they relate to what I'm going to tell you about my clearing. Now, as an as I got older as an adult, I really felt a lot of guilt around my lack of a relationship with my sister and what a crappy older sister I was. We were just very different and she used to bug me for attention. She used to break my things to get attention. I mean, I can look at them now and say getting attention, but when I was younger, she was just a pain. If she knew a secret, she would wait to the right time and then she'd tell my mom to get me in trouble. But she had a gr- very good knack of hanging on to stuff so you thought you were safe. <laughs> then she would drop it at the opportune moment. Unfortunately, she's very much like that as an adult. So every time that I try and bring her into my life and try and create a relationship with her, 
She'll get in a temper about something and she will let something personal out, a secret, something that's, you know, about my marriage. doesn't matter. It's happened so many times now in my life uh, that I just, I'm watching the pattern going, what is up with this? Just questioning. I said, I do not understand the dynamics. I have an amazing group of friends and support network around me. And all of them just shake their head and going, I just, we don't get it. We do not get your family dynamics at all. Well, when I was, when Dr. Bradley was on the call, I stood up and did the exercise. He was talking about abundance. Now, I don't have a problem with money in the fact of money for what it is. I am happy when people do well. I have no problem with someone having great wealth. I have no, apparently I have a little problem with me having great wealth. So I don't know. So that's what we went to go deal with. Uh, but really for the most part, I don't, I've done very well in my life. I've made some lots of mistakes. I have made some great successes. And for a single mother, uh, who did get a bit of help from her parents right at the beginning, as did my sister, uh, but someone who left the family cradle and went out on their own, I've done pretty good. So I've experienced those types of successes. And the reason I tell you that is you would think that one would not get hangups about it when you've already experienced it and know it's possible. Okay. But, and I've, I've spoken on this in the past, you know, getting, uh, manifesting fibromyalgia seven or eight years ago and having this illness for so long now, it's been seven years, sorry, that has slowed me down and made me really, you know, show a lot more accountability for my energies, things like that. It also meant I couldn't make the money I did when I was doing my accounting practice. And that, you know, scares me, um, worries me, maybe not for, you know, what about the future? So I didn't realize that subconsciously I was hanging on to a lot of this scarcity mindset. And I should have, because I've been stressing over a couple of money issues that shouldn't be there. Things that are unusual for me. Like I said, I was raised with understanding that money is not an evil thing. The love of money is an evil thing, but not money itself. My father was incredibly generous, which offset my mother's absolute hoarding greed mentality because he was the boss. It wasn't really until his dementia got so severe that she took over uh, that even my sister realized, oh, she just thought I was being mean that, you know, the f situations I've had with my mom that that I was just wrong until she started experiencing even that for herself because she realized, yeah, mom's not the generous one. I said, no, she stopped giving us our birthday money and, and Christmas money and everything now that daddy has is no longer there. And the funny thing is offset with that is then she wants to sit down and go, you know, what are we going to do with this money? It can't just sit there in the accounts. And I just have to laugh to myself. And I just shrug my head, my shoulders and say, mom, actually that ship has sailed because now her nor my dad can really make legal decisions any longer. He can't. And really she shouldn't be either. So uh, yeah, you know what? They had the opportunity to look after their estate and do it properly, whether they have or haven't. I do not know, but it can't be handled now. So that dichotomy always makes me laugh a little bit about what are we going to do? And then, like I say, she doesn't put her birthday money in our cards anymore. So my sister came to me and she says, you know, I've always thought you were so wrong and so mean to mom about the things you would say. But she says, I think you're right. Mom's the problem with the money. I said, yeah, always has been. <laughs> uh, she's reacting like from her childhood because she was marginalized by her parents. You know, I loved my grandparents very, very much, but I wasn't an idiot. I could see the difference. Uh, my mom's younger sister was treated just like what goes on the dynamics in my family. So I realized that there, there was pain there and it helped with understanding that, but my sister really had never had to deal with it. 
because her situation is a little different. She didn't walk away from the family. She lives on the family acreage. She works in what was the family business and, and, and reaps all those financial benefits of that kind of bonus life uh, with or without my mom's interjection any longer because legally the company doesn't belong to my parents. It belongs to their old silent partner. And they can't stay on the property without my, my sister and brother-in-law because it's 20 acres and my parents are, are, are pushing 80 and they're not well. My dad is well into dementia now. And they look after everything. So my mom does have an understanding of this, so she lets that play out. So my sister had never really experienced what it was like to have my mom really truly have the purse strings and just let nothing out and kind of be just a little bit, you know, a greedy and a hoarder. And I'm like, yep. So that's been a little bit of a realization for everyone as the dynamics in, in our family has changed. So the little bit of drama with the family dynamics caught me onto a gerbil wheel a couple of weeks back. And it really bothered me that even after a few days, let alone a week and a half, I was still obsessing. Even my husband's like, you get over this stuff way quicker now. What is going on? I says, I do not know. But uh, I needed to find a way out of it because I have things to do, <laughs> people to help, things to do. So when I did this exercise with Dr. Bradley Nelson, where your body he uses body and muscle testing, your body and your subconscious are very connected. And have you ever heard the expression, you know, I, I just had a gut feeling about that. And you watch someone, if they're very excited about something, they lean in while they're talking to you. But if you've ever met someone you're not too sure about, you'll lean back away from them. Or here's a, a yucky example, but do you remember when President come on, Clinton was denying on television that he'd ever had sexual relationships with that woman? He was nodding his head the whole time because the body can't lie. Your mouth can and your brain can and your consciousness can, but his body involuntarily couldn't lie. I've seen that interview a few times. I've had to go back and look at it going, yeah, there he is shaking, uh, nodding his head instead of shaking his head side to side, which would feel totally wrong if you were saying the opposite of what was coming out of your mouth. Very, very fascinating. All this, this kind of uh, the science of body language and gut language. So when I did the exercise with Dr. Bradley Nelson and I leaned back away from some of the abundance questions, no problem with the money. Those were positive, but that future abundance oh, I realized this needed to get dealt with because that I cannot have hangups like that. I've got things to do, uh, work to do, and I want abundance in my life. I just, you know what, especially getting tied up with this drama with the family and realizing there may not be an inheritance there. And I know some of you may go, well, that's really not your right. But just to clarify that, guys, and to quantify, I was raised expecting it. I was raised as the eldest daughter to look after it and to take responsibility for it. And then as my dad's mind uh, started to falter and my mom had more control, uh, we've seen things swing the other direction. And now she's just like, nope, nope, Angie can have, Angie's getting it and Angie benefits from it. I can't control that. It's not my money, not my family. And I'm not going to fight with my family through legal means because of this. So I have to let it go. But the reason I'm mentioning that is, like I say, I was raised with an expectation of it because even biblically, inheritance goes to children. It does not go to the whales or, you know, or to, <laughs> or to um, other people. It goes to your descendants. We were raised with this. We were raised with money was positive. So now why do I have these blockages? I really 
don't even care why I've got them. I just want them cleared. However, the universe dumped in the exact person I needed, Jan Jansen. She doesn't advertise that she does this work because she has come back into the workforce after many years of being retired to help entre women entrepreneurs. Now, I am very grateful and I acknowledge that I have a lot of male listeners. My demographic here is almost 40% of, of male versus 60% female. However, this is what I do because I, I'm a speaker. You're never going to, I realize that now in life, finding my voice, that's never going to stop. And it really hasn't in my life. I've always spoken up, especially once I got older. As a youngster, no, mainly because I was just suppressed so much. If you spoke up, you were punished. And so you learn quickly to keep your thoughts to yourself. Then you get to be a young adult and you start making mistakes. And if you are maybe a little bit insulted, persecuted, you know, told you're not worth it uh, and you're, you're making mistakes and you're just a loser then you shut down even more. These are just natural. Do not beat yourself up for this. These are natural reactions to people just doing bad things to you. However, that being said, as an adult, it is our job to fix the damage. So if you're still living in victim and blaming family, you need to get over it. I don't mean to be insensitive and please understand that I am not. I am not. Because what I meant was with work, my work might be coaching what I get paid for, but that has a very specific demographic. Usually it's women 25 to 40, okay? Younger me's that are learning to take those first steps of new habits, letting go of limiting beliefs, finding a way out of some of the pain that their lives are in and getting out of victim mentality, okay? But that's different from the you know from being a speaker. That I can I can appeal across many platforms. So I'm looking at this situation going, this needs to change. Sure enough, the universe brought me Jan. So Jan is someone that teaches female entrepreneurs to learn their worth and charge what they're worth. That's basically what she's come back into the marketplace for. But she has the sacred gift of healing. And although she fought it for a long, long time, she made a deal with God, use universe, whatever you like, that she would not promote it. She wasn't going to B&I meetings. She wasn't going to 730 network meetings and telling people that she did energetic healing or past life regressions and or ancestral clearing you know whatever you want to call all this stuff those things actually are very different but past life clearings is specifically what she did with me to find out what my why my blocks were there so she agreed she's made the deal i'll use the gift but i'm not advertising it well that's what happens when you make deals like that the universe just dumps it all in your lap and she was booked six weeks out from that point on. So she tells this story with a bit of a chagrin smile and says, yeah, yeah, while I make plans, God laughs. I can't, couldn't agree more. I put out I needed help. I actually went searching on Dr. Nelson's website for a local practitioner in Vancouver, British Columbia. And a few days later, I had an intake call with Jan regarding archetypes. I had taken one of her little online tests after being on a little uh, one-day Zoom call with her with a bunch of other women from Women of Worth. And we were just doing a quick intake call. Thought it was interesting. Thought I'd check out what she had to offer and whether this next course she was offering was something for me. I'd sort of decided that it wasn't, but we got talking about something that clued her in. I really couldn't tell you what it was even now. And uh, she says, I do that kind of work. And I was like, really? Okay, talk to me about it. So we decided that I would, I would let her work with me. Didn't have to be the exact, the emotion code practitioner or, you know, everyone's got their own way. This is just her way and uh, very effective. So we get on the call and I'm just going to tell you what happened. You do not have to believe. And like I say, when I use the word God, please feel free to use the word universe or whatever works for you. 
uh, I believe energy is energy and I believe prayer and the law of attraction work exactly the same way. But that is just my belief. I'll respect yours if you can respect mine. The only thing I ask you is to stay open that there is more out there than just you. That's, that's the only thing I ask of you is to open your mind to accept that perhaps there is more beyond your understanding because that really is the gateway to, to real learning, I believe. Again, just my opinion. We get into the call. I'm expecting it to be my mom because this is who I've had drama with my whole life. But you know, whenever years ago I had my depression, I had some a clearing done by Dr. Bradley Nelson. I went on to one of those free calls and he chose me out of the audience and cleared my sadness and what he called wishy-washiness. He goes, I never very rarely get wishy-washy. It's on his list, uh, but definitely you. And he's right. I was really lacking focus and purpose right then. And my sadness was more how my depression manifested. I'd cry at commercials and you know, I just get so sad that I just couldn't figure out why bother living. You know, what's the point of carrying on? This is all fruitless and pointless. And on and off, I've taken drugs for that uh, Wellbutrin most of my adult life. Well, he went back into my ancestral clearing, realized this depression was coming from my mom's side of the family. Made total sense to me because I truly, really walked into the call even back then knowing that. I'd watched too many uh, things right in front of me and heard too much of the history. You know, I never, I went off my antidepressants a couple of weeks later. I weaned myself off them and I've never been back on them. Plus within a year or so, our, my relationship with my mom started to improve because they say when you clear stuff in your ancestral DNA, it filters through forward and backwards. It's just, they say that's how the energy works. I'm not going to argue with it. I don't have um, expertise in it. I just have trust. Not even sure it's so much a belief is I just have trust in the process. Okay. Because I've seen it work. All right, where were we? We go into this call. I'm having issues with abundance. I need, a, I need it undone. You know, I've got another year of, of high-end coaching going on this year, and I want things to move a little faster than last year. Spent a lot of time working on my mindset and my point of view of things. So now we need to move forward and a little quicker this time. She goes into her little connection thing and says, this is your sister and your dad, nothing to do with your mom. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, let's talk about your sister first. That's the biggest one. I was married to her in a prior life. She was my husband. She was extremely, not a little bit, extremely abusive, beat me. If the kids misbehaved, beat me, hoarded all the money, kept all the money from me. And uh, so don't forget, we're talking past lives are always going to be in different timelines. So not today's day and age. And we have this soul to soul dichotomy of hatred. And I resented her because she took away my mom's care and attention. Uh, And even though I was still daddy's girl, I had to live with my mother's criticism and not a loving, nurturing mother, at least not to me. Angie would say something very different, but not to me. And that's that's a hard thing to admit. It really is. So just so you know, these podcasts are tough for me. I don't like, I'm actually sitting here, I'm standing while doing this podcast and I'm shifting from foot to foot. I am not settled. Like I said, this is the fifth time I've done this podcast because I don't really like being that transparent. Uh, I need to be to relate to you as my listeners, and to help you. But I've spent so much of my life involuntarily staying small and being quiet and being a good girl because my dad, although he loved me and I was a daddy's girl, between 18 and 22, I made a smoking amount of mistakes and did stupid stuff and I broke his trust in me. So you know what, there was, for him, there was just no coming back from that. But anyways, that, I only bring that up because it ties into the second part of the clearing. So the first part of the clearing was this, completely unhealthy relationship my sister and I have this 
uh, her need to hoard money. Like I, I even said to um, Jan, I said, you know, in all fairness, my sister's really good with money. And she goes, no, no, she's that's not being good with money. She's a hoarder of money. And I got thinking about it. I thought, no, you're right. My sister's attitude was always this. If it was in the bank, she was broke. So if she had $10,000 in the bank, but n- no actual cash in her pocket, well, I don't have any money. <laughs> that was her way of thinking. She's, I mean, that's just, she'll admit that. And I thought, yes, that's true. She's like my mom that way. Now, whatever's causing that hoarding and that greed, I don't know where that really comes from. I have some ideas on my mom's side. Uh, I know that she had issues, you know, growing up. She treats me like uh, she was treated by her parents. So it's just history repeating itself. But the second part where it ties into is that my relationship in a past life was I was my father's son. So he was my parent in another life as well. But I was the son and I was bad, bad news. I everything that I didn't do in this lifetime between birth and 18 apparently I did in that lifetime you know defied him blew money uh, caused him embarrassment with his friends in society yeah I was a bit of a pain for lack of a better word I was a bit of a pain so it's interesting that I guess what happened was at eight when I was 18 and he realized I'm not this perfect child he actually read a note that got left in the back seat of his car picking my girlfriend and I up for a homework date that I'd skipped school really who hasn't but anyways back then like I said I was you know I really tried to stay perfect in his eyes and I'd had some abuse from an older cousin and I kept that a secret so it also contributed to me playing very staying very small the problem was I have a really big personality I'm only five foot four People always laugh when they hear my height because they're like, really? Because when I walk into a room, I always, and when I got older, I just joke, but I've got a six foot ego. (laughs) I am a little larger than life. I am like my father. But during my teen years, being that virginal Christian girl that didn't get into trouble, uh, I, I kept that under wraps. So I did struggle a little bit with that. Well, at 18 to 22, we let that out. You know, I'm in nightclubs underage, dancing. I'm not really, I'm not sleeping. I haven't even lost my virginity yet. I'm not being anywhere near as bad as my niece ended up being 30 years later. But but for their, you know, realm of reference, dad, then I was definitely outside of their comfort zone. Then I started hanging out with unchristian, non-Christian people. Then I went to a movie on a Sunday night instead of going to church and that was it. My dad kicked me out. I wasn't even 19 yet, I don't think. Uh, for the first time and I broke his trust and now that I've had this clearing down with Jan I can see perhaps that although he came into this life soul to soul and you know soul probably recognized who I was the little he'd been waiting for me to fail probably there was a part of him that was figured that this penny was going to drop unconsciously mind you but it was going to drop because after that I never got his trust back and I still don't really have it to this day despite the fact that I have built two businesses, done, always had a side gig, was a single mother. This distrust he seemed to have of me, it obviously came from somewhere, but I didn't recognize that at the time. I just thought they were so unfair and that this this couldn't be love. And then also they put stipulations when they helped me finally, you know, when I finally got out of my abusive relationship with my ex-fiance, this is much, many years later, they wouldn't help at first. They said, this is your bed, you lie in it. So not only did I, one, spend almost another year with him until, like, so the first time he hit me, I called home and said, oh, I've made a mistake. And I thought I could go home because my parents were actually, here's a little story. My parents were living in my mobile home while they were renovating their house 
because no one had moved in yet since I'd only been gone four or five months, maybe six months. And my ex hit me for the first time walking, we got in a fight and he was walking out to work and he slugged me. I was dumbfounded. I'd never been hit before. So I remember, actually, here's a little segue for you of stories. I remember phoning home and they said, this is your bed, you lie in it. There was no one, there was no one in my mobile home. They were moving back into their home the next week, actually. There was no problem with me going home, but they wouldn't let me. Probably a good thing in hindsight, but at the time I was just devastated. It's like, how can you leave me like this? However, what I did do, and also because I stayed with Mark a lot longer than that, because we stayed together and ended up buying a place together. When this first happened, I was just living with him in his townhouse that I believe it was a rental. So I went out with the government agencies, phoned them up, single parents, welfare, and said, you know, what's available to me? And these hovels they showed me, oh my goodness, I wouldn't, some of them I wouldn't have put my worst enemy in. Like they were really disgusting. Little basement suites where there was water damage. Some of these places were disgusting, but this is what welfare had to offer. Well, I tell you, you learn real fast that you want more out of life. You either make a decision one way or the other, and this was not going to be for me. So I went back and reconciled things with my ex. Uh, probably shouldn't have, but I did. And it was almost a year later to the month, actually. We got engaged. We ended up going on our honeymoon before our wedding because something came up. And we got into a huge fight after Christmas one year and the abuse was way beyond a punch. Uh, I had to call the police and he was arrested for assault. And that was just a whole gong show. But you know what? During that time where I had the house to myself for those eight weeks, because the restraining order and everything was put in place, I started Genesis Consulting. So I was 27 years of age, and that is when I started my accounting business. I'd been doing my fiance's bookkeeping for that whole year and had been recruited by one of his friends to be a trainer on another software. So I'd been spending a couple months training the software. Clearly, I had a head for it. And honestly, I just went out to the Yellow Pages, found clients, and never looked back. Okay, so now I'm 27. That was my turning point. 18 to 22, crazy town. 22 to 27 was truly trying to find a life for myself. I remember how I got involved with Mark. I was so sad because relationships, I was just having the worst time dating and it was just, ugh. I was driving to work going, I don't care what the universe brings me, but I'm not going to close doors to non-Christian men. <laughs> and in walked Mark and two years later, you know, a year and a half later, I've got assault charges. So that didn't work out so well. But at 27 to 31, those were a hard four years, but they were one of my best four years. The learning, I had my feet under me. I started another company, um, a mobilizer. I brought automotive security to Western Canada through a company out of England. And although it was never, never the success I wanted it to be, it really taught me. First of all, I was a woman in a man's world. So for the three or four years that I had a mobilizer and did the auto shows and all that jazz, um, it's a tough industry. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But it taught me so much. And it prepared me for when I was 34, 35 and met the, uh, my husband who I'm married to today. So the, the point of all these little stories and segues, sorry, is just give you some background, is to see how experiences take us forward. And how things from our past, often we drag them with us. So I was, you know, like I say, back to the clearing. I was my father's son. I broke his trust and all the unknown subconscious crap just comes forward. And he never recovered from that. No matter how successful I became or what I accomplished, there was, he was always waiting for the other penny to drop.
not sure I could really accomplish it. It's like, okay, never going to change that generation. And now that I realize where part of it in specifically to me was coming from, do you know what? I can forgive it. I've forgiven him for a lot more than I, it took me a lot longer to forgive my mom. And that's my fault as well, because there's a part of me that has that male side to me that says, oh, well, he's a guy. He, you know, his pride was a big deal. And, uh, and I, I hurt that. Whereas I just expected as a woman, my mom to be more nurturing. So that was really unfair of me as well to hold one of them accountable and not the other. Regardless, then we went on to the third thing that she picked up in the fact that in a prior life, I had known abject poverty and actually one of my children had died of starvation. And I can't imagine there being anything, anything worse than that, to be perfectly honest. I was reading a documentary the other day. I don't, guys, I don't even know what it was I was reading, but it was a story about someone coming from the war, her and her five children, and she lost four of them to starvation before she got to Canada. Could you imagine? No, I can't even. I just literally can't even. Imagine four of your children dying because you literally didn't have food to feed them. Ugh. You bring these things, though, into this life. It explains a lot why I have such uh, uh, a baseline of needing my home. Like my, the property was really important to me as a teenager. I always wanted a farm. Like it was my dream. So that was a really hard thing to let go of. Uh, having a home was always, it always was my baseline. So even after the a time came that my parents helped me buy my first place, that was actually my second home because my ex and I bought our first place together. We bought our townhouse and I did have money saved. I had $15,000 to put into that property and, and we bought it and it was our home. So this, my parents helping came after I'd even gone out and done my own, my done my own thing. But that need for having a home that can't be taken away that I'm a nester as well, but that need for not having a roof over my head drives so much of my behavior. That was very enlightening to pick out those things from my past and, and have understanding of them. The sad part with a little bit of this as I close this off was Jan was saying, sometimes we have to walk away what's not for us. Now, if I truly wanted to move forward, her advice was I needed to sort of sever that relationship with the family. And that's not an easy decision. I will never sever the relationship with my mom and dad. They're too far gone in their illnesses. I will always visit them once a week. But no good has ever come of having my sister back in my life, even as an adult. It ends poorly every single time. And I don't like the person I am when I'm with them. I let them make me feel less. And I almost play the role so as no one asks me questions or asks what I'm really up, up to. That's playing small. That's not being true to who we are. Like I said, I have a pretty big power, uh, powerhouse personality. And uh, even though I'm an um, uh, extroverted introvert, you know, I must have downtime to recover. I'm still, if you, you can tell from my voice on this podcast, if you met me, I have a lot of energy. And I've, I've contained that energy and faked it with my family for so long so as not to upset their lives. Uh, they don't give a rat's ass. They truly don't. The only person being affected here is me. And the people I potentially could help by playing small and trying not to get on anybody's radar. So that was a little tough uh, at first. I thought, you know what? So I talked to my husband. He likes, I'm fine with that. And it also made me realize something I had to accept. Years ago when my mom came to me and said, we can't keep, the, can't keep things even with the uh, inheritance. I fought for my sister's right to have that property. And I would just take the rest. 
And then I realized now when we had the fight a couple of weeks back that my sister's wording was, this has nothing to do with me. Mom and dad want me to have it and not you. Uh, and I just thought, that's awful thing to say to me. But actually, I'm glad she did because only today have I realized that's exactly the opposite of how I behaved seven years ago. If my parents weren't being fair, I would fight for the fairness. But she's willing to take what is given to her. It doesn't matter if it's fair or not. And I thought, why am I vested in this very uneven relationship? Now, when we were younger, her children would always come to me, Annie Shelley, please go fix this. Because I'd sometimes get to a point where I was just done and I would just not speak to anybody for a few months. So if you are wearing certain cloaks and clothing that you think is your role in, in life in certain situations, please take a good hard look at that. You are not bound by that. You are binding yourself. And there are ways to clear that kind of stuff. You may not believe in ancestral clearing. I have enough of a belief structure and enough faith to accept that those things went on and they've really, even if it's just all in my head or it's placebo, it has allowed me a mechanism to, to move forward. And I think that's a positive thing. In fact, I am one of those people that has always said, it's all in your head. Great. Because personally, it actually is all in your head <laughs> for the most part. Your brain is incredibly powerful. And what you think can be manifested in the world outside of you. So when people poo-poo some supplement or some diet or some health stuff, just because they want to remain ignorantly attached to their point of view, which stuns me. Honest to God, in this day and age, with the technology that has happened in the last 50 years, that people can still have the attitude of, well, that'll never change, or, or that's just the way it's always been done. You got to be kidding me, right? Because your parents had dial phones. <laughs> it's like, you've seen a man go to the moon. Let's not have that argument in case it didn't happen. Uh, but we have done so much the last hundred years. For people still to have the attitude that nothing is changeable, that is absolute just baseline ignorance. Because everything changes. In fact, if anyone that buys a computer or electronic toy or a phone knows that in six months to a year, it's obsolete practically. So why do we look at our technology and have that attitude, but we look at ourselves, our prejudice, our attitudes, our di uh, dynamics within other, our relationship with other people and think there is no way to change it and there's, that's the way it's always got to be. There's always going to be oppression to women. There's always going to be hunger on the planet. Why? Why do you even think it's okay to think that way? That's the challenge I want to give you open up your mind and think about the possibilities because they really are quite endless. And especially now today, like I said, I was struggling with this podcast and my girlfriend, my husband interrupted me, but he's coming to take him for, for golf for the afternoon. And I finally just said, fine, I'll just, I'll edit it later. And then I was just starting a fresh one and my girlfriend stepped in. But you know what? What we talked about was all of this. Her daughter was just struggling with some stuff and it really got me clear. Helping someone else just kind of work through some things got things very clear in my own head. Okay, so that's the ancestral clearing, guys. <laughs> like I say, it might be something you believe and it might be something you don't, but I really just recognized very quickly that something was blocking and it had to be fixed. So I made sure I went and found the people that could help me to get it dealt with. If you need anything from me, please don't hesitate to reach out. My... The Living Well with Shell Instagram page is really just inspiration. It just gives you something every day to lift you up to say, hey, think about this. The Living Well with Shell.com Facebook, uh, 
site that hosts the links to the podcast and the blog and things like that. And then the Facebook page, sometimes I post health and wellness stuff on there. It just depends. But plug into me where you might think you might need me. Please don't be afraid to reach out. My experiences, I truly believe that I've been giving, given this life and these experiences to help others. Otherwise, I would never would have found my voice four years ago and started this podcast, no matter how scared I was. I want you to find your voice. You don't have to become a public speaker or a podcaster, but your voice could simply be mean standing up for yourself in a bad situation um, or something that's coming. It's hard to say, but I want to be that support for you. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through Shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.